Welcome to our team. This is Saratoga Best. We are preparing for Rosh Hashanah and we're learning a mimer of the Rebbe Rashab of Tafresh Nun Dalad about Binyan HaMalchus, about building Malchus for Rosh Hashanah. And um, because we're speaking about in Trilis Musaf and Rosh Hashanah, it says, Zegam Trilis Masecha, the currently Yom Rishan. This is the day, the beginning of your works, and it's a reminder of the very first day. And a few of the questions that come up are, of course, isn't Yom Rishon, you know, the 25th, the day that the world was created? Obviously, why do we start Rosh Hashanah? These are sort of well-known concepts. We're going to ask a much more dynamic question. Um, let's jump to the question first. Um, again, please have in mind disclaimer. This is a very simplified version of a very simplistic <laughs> and non-scholarly approach to the Rebbe Rashab's Maimar. Obviously. <laughs> Um, so, if you want a really scholarly approach in Thoreau, go to a rabbi, ask your local rabbi. This is, this is, this is the woman's version, the user-friendly version. We want to know what this Malchus is, because we're told in Chabad that we're building Malchus. On Rosh Hashanah, you're building Malchus. Okay, and, and there are many who have the custom that they don't speak the first day of Rosh Hashanah because you're building Malchus. Excellent. Okay. Ever wonder what this Malchus is that you're building and um, how you build it? You know, we know the basics. You know, you blow Shifer. I mean, I'll give you some of the basics. Hashem has a very, very deep desire to be king. Incredibly deep desire. It's, I, I think, his, his deepest desire to have to, to be, be king over the world. A desire for Malucha. The idea of, of, of be king sounds because we live in a pretty uh, not-yet-pure world, um, the idea that, yeah, he wants to be king sounds very, um, very uh, you know, egotistical. But, uh, but, but uh, and I think there's a story of, was it the Alter Rebbe? I'm not sure, that when um, he was imprisoned, unfortunately, by the, you know, by the government, um, and they... I'm really ruining this story, but something, the gist of it is there was a psychological test done, and they said they experienced this, they experienced that he wants to be king. And they said, oh, right, yeah, sure, he wants to take over from the king of, you know, of, of, of Russia, and he wants to take over the kingship and overthrow the government and, you know, become the political leader, you know, run for office, you know. Instead of Trump, we'll have, you know, <laughs> or like instead Democrats or Republicans or, you know, we'll have, uh, you know, one of the, after some, one of the rebellion running. That wasn't it at all. What they didn't understand is they experienced that there's a desire he wants to be king. But now let's put it in its purest terms. A rutten for Malchus. A deep desire for Malchus. Now, that sounds much purer, and that's really what it is. In Hashem, the deepest desire is a desire for Malchus. question is why, and that's what we're trying to discover in this mimer, saying the Rebbe discusses it, we're trying to pull it out. What is this desire for Malchus that is the basis of everything? Because, by the way, why does that apply to me? Because if Hashem has a great desire for Malchus, then I do too. Because what he what he experiences is 
he sends to us. He feels love, he sends us an ability to love. He feels angry, he sends us an ability to be angry. He obviously, what's the whole point? He's, re, he's sending, often we have these, these situations in life in which we feel like, what's going on with me? Did I, you know, oh my goodness, why am I feeling so this, 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 and that? And recently I started to believe that that's probably because at that moment Hashem is experiencing a similar parallel emotion in the, in his form of it. And he wants us to relate to it and ask him what he needs for that. You know, if he's feeling, if we're feeling alone and unsupported, I started to think, and I've noticed, I've noticed from sometimes when I'm in certain moods and I open up a farm and I see Hashem seems to be feeling a parallel thing. So if I'm feeling alone and unsupported one day, Hashem, are you feeling alone and unsupported? Is that why you're sending me that feeling? You know, I live in a, Baruch Hashem, a, Jewish, a huge community. So how do you feel alone and unsupported in such a big community? Oh, maybe Hashem is feeling it. And then, okay, and then how do I fix it? Do I have to then go, do I have to fix it in me? Maybe I can fix it in Hashem and ask Hashem, you need more support from me? What would you need from me? What would you need to not feel disconnected from me? Right? Okay. So this idea of Malchus, of, of Hashem's deepest desires for Malchus, um, it also devolves on me. Because that means I'm going to also have a strong desire for Malchus, whatever that is. Leadership, etc. The, the source of influence, etc., etc. Much, much to say about that. So therefore, and, and one more thing, who is it that's going to talk to us about Malchus before Rosh Hashanah, the right time, the right person, the right situation, the right place, the right, you name it. What is the right time before Rosh Hashanah? Malchus is being built. This is the time to discuss it. Number one. Number two. Who is telling us this? this? The Rebbe Rashab. Who's the Rebbe Rashab? Of the last, of the three legs of the stool that supports Mashiach, the three last generations, Miyad, the Rebbe's generation, the Friedrich Rebbe, and the Rebbe Rashab. Each one said a mimer, beginning, showing what their, their leadership is all about. And the Rebbe Rashab's mimer, mimer was Ketayit Melucha, because he's all about Malchus, ushering Malchus into the world. Who's Malchus? Hashem's Malchus. So, right time, right place, right person. Hashem is sending us an explanation of his desire for Malchus through the one who represents, brings into, ushers into the world Malchus, the Rebbe Rashad. So this is a mind recuperation on Dalit, which is 1893, uh, probably. I think so. Something like that, the late, you know, 1890s. Okay, so, and one last question that we're asking as a review is, Malchus means something outside of you. you. Hashem created the world through speech. Why speech? Why not thought? When you speak, when you're in a room and you're talking, it's because there's someone else there. When you're thinking, it's because there's no one else there. Speech is for a zula, someone outside of you. When Hashem wanted to create the world, to appear as if it's outside of him, he spoke. He spoke. 
when he wanted to create a world that remains within him and never leaves him and never becomes separated from him, then he he created from his very inner being. What world did he create from that? He created you and me from that. The physical world is from Hashem's speech. It feels disconnected from Hashem and it can almost become disconnected from Hashem because it's created through speech. We remain constantly within Hashem. He's within us, we are within Him. It never, it never, that connection, that bond, that oneness never disintegrates. So Hashem does not create us through speech, the Jewish people through speech, but rather He breathes His innards into us. So we are basically, you know, just, if He, you know, they, the ones read about the tsunami, you know, there was, the when there's when there's a big tsunami, when the water goes out, kind of flushes flushes a lot of stuff. And, but the people who were who were familiar with the tsunami knew that the most severe part of the tsunami wasn't that. You know, all of a sudden, a huge amount of water came, just inundated the land. But they knew that the second step is then the, the water goes out and then it stops and whatever happened, happened. And then there's a feeling of, temporary feeling of safety. This, you know, this uh, thing that was on the second floor wasn't touched. Great. But the second phase is then the water goes back to its source. It's sucked in. It's, just, it's sucked in. And that's when the major stuff happens. And stuff is pulled back. So it's two very different motions. So imagine Hashem breathes from out into us, breathes out from his inner core and creates us. I'm assuming when he pulls back in, when he breathes back in, so to speak, it's just my assumption, we go back to our rightful place within him. That's the only place we are. So let's go into the mimer. The question is, um, we're building Malchus on Rosh Hashanah. So remember, we said Malchus means something outside of yourself. We are not outside of Hashem. Everything else is. The physical world is created to be outside of Hashem. There you can build Malchus. And even the Malachim, they're called holy animals, so to speak. They don't have free choice. They're all outside of Hashem. All of them. So there you can have Malchus. But us, we're, remember, we're, we're from Hashem's inner, and really we, we are part of his inner core. There's no other place we are. The fact that he kind of sprinkles us around the world, that's very, that's very external. You know, it's very, it's very it's not, we look like we're part of the world. We're barely part of the world. That's why we never feel comfortable in the world. So, So, so um, the question that comes up that the Rebbe brings in the Mimer is, where's the Binyan of Malchus? Malchus you build if there's something outside of yourself. We are not outside of Hashem. Who's building Malchus? What do you mean? We're, in, we're inside. What's to build? We're right inside. And that's really where we um, left off until now. So now we will continue.
So we're just going to um, stop sort of in the middle of the mimer and um, continue tomorrow, uh, the last part, um, plus other thoughts about Rosh Hashanah um, from the River Ashab. Um, and one of the... Um, so we're, 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 we're ending on this, this question, you know, of Malchus. Uh, and let's just say this. One of the things, to bring it to the summation, one of the things that the Rebbe Rashab is speaking about is, um, this is based on what the, the Mithra Rebbe says, you have, you want something when you sense the pleasure in it. I mean, two people walking down the street and they pass by the candy store and one is just, you suddenly... <laughs> lose their attention, you know, they're just, oh my goodness, this tremendous amount of sugar in that store is just pulling them in, or they pass by the bakery and they're just like, you know, uh, wait, just let me just run in and buy a pastry. They're just pulling them there. And the other one can't stand pastries and just, I'm like, ugh, why would I waste my time? But what pulls the person, you know, I think I want to buy a pastry. I think I want to buy an eclair. What would make me want to? Nicoletta says, I sense the pleasure in it. And then I want it. That's the way it goes. That's the system. So, what, what makes Hashem want to be king? And it's very, very, it's a very, it's the, the basis of everything that he wants to and the Emlach, he wants to be king. He wants Malucha. It's based on the it's based on the idea that he experiences the Einig in it, and therefore, once he does, it creates within in him a Rasan. And the original Rasan, you know, Einig comes from Chafet Chesed, and now we arouse it. We are the ones who we wake it up. If Hashem's most basic need is that, that malucha. And yet, the irony is he depends on us to arouse it. It's a very powerful thing. He depends on us to arouse this phoenix and this rasam for malucha. So we'll just leave it at that. And we have to understand that this malucha that Hashem, we're speaking about here, the Rosh Hashanah, is vastly different from what we're you know, the old idea of, you know, and and just to throw in a little political comment, um, the icker thing here is that Hashem cannot be king over even Malachim, over a world, that, by definition, He can only be king over those who have free choice, who have the choice to reject Him. Or acceptance. Free choice and free will. There is no kingship. There is memshala. There's all kinds of... Malchus is... The king is king over subjects with free will and free choice. And there are none in this world other than people who step into the freedom of Taylor. In other words, a yid is created with free choice. And his free choice is really activated through the Torah. But even the Malachim, all parts of the world, even the holiest things, they are considered, so to speak, without free choice, 
they love Hashem. They are fiery, have a fiery love for Hashem because He pre-programs that, programs it into them. It's a factory installed default mode in a malach, in an angel. They love Hashem with a lot of passion. It's pre-programmed. What else is there to do if you're a malach? That's what you were trained to do. And yet we, as much as we try to train the next generation to love Hashem, etc., that's not where it's coming. We just train them in other things. What, what it really is, is we are the only ones who remain within Hashem and have true free choice or a non-Yid who's doing the Shev and that, everything is in the hands of heaven except for fear of heaven. So, it's only entire mitzvahs that you have freedom. Although the world looks at it as the opposite. You know, you people are robots, God forbid. But the only true freedom that exists, everything else is pre-programmed. The media tells you what to think, and the political system, was, and all that other stuff. But the only thing that gives you any true freedom is your ability to choose your, your, your turn misses and more specifically your ability before Rosh Hashanah to crown Hashem king. If you say no, it's no. So, etc. Anyway, until we finish the second part of the Mimer, it should be Hashem Tev and Masuka, Shnas Geula, Plaus Gedailas, and we should find ourselves in the basement of this immediately now.